Hello and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert. It's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers. Here's your warning. <laughs> I'm Ashley. I'm Alex. And we're starting today with 5-Minute Masters, which is getting progressively lazier. Because I'm bad at homework. <laughs> what's your 5-Second what's your Masters, Alex? My 5-Second Masters. Okay, so this is kind of a recommendation, kind of a 5-Second Masters. But I stumbled upon a great YouTube channel where they, I don't remember the name of it, so it is Masters because I don't. <laughs> nothing need to recommend it but it's like this deep sea submarine live stream that they record and like put on youtube later oh that's cool oh my gosh and it's like the highest definition ever and it's just a bunch of nerds watching the camera because they're mm-hmm. you know they're doing their job they're trying to identify things but they have people who have, they have like geologists there they've got like marine biologists they have marine biologists of the different categories so like somebody's like what kind of coral is that and then somebody in the back knows what the coral is that's cool and then they still upon shit they've never even seen before because obviously that it's happens the ocean it's the ocean um and the one thing that they i don't even think they had a name for it it was this weird okay i can't describe it <laughs> so it's like if you put a squid in a plastic bag together what so it was like a squid like a regular little squid little skinny little squid uh-huh. and then at the top of it on the top of it you know where they have that pointy part yeah. in like on its body. On its body. On the top of it. Its body. On its yeah. I don't know not, what parts not, of a squid not are. Not tentacle side. Yeah. Do you not know what squids are made out of? <laughs> <laughs> um, it has this like weird wibbly wobbly scarf looking thing <laughs> that it can like adjust. <laughs> so it like starts off when they see it. It looks like two squids connected, just like drifting. And then it sees them and it gets agitated and it elongates and it turns into like this ribbon. Ew! (laughs) Oh, I hate sea creatures. I really do. They're so cool. And so they're like, what is this? (laughs) Because it took them a while to figure out it was even a squid. Right. And then it inks at them and it was so fun. And then, of course, they see lots of Dumbo octopuses. Oh, yeah. I definitely, I don't know if it's the same like feed uh, or a different one, but I've definitely seen like in the past cute clips of people being yeah. like look at the octopus they they also octopus is the cutest thing some of them are cute but they found one that was not cute <laughs> it was really big and they couldn't even tell it was an, a dumbo octopus because down there the pressure is so deep that things are just sort of like amorphous yeah um and so it just looked like a red bag <laughs> but they had the little the little ear flaps yeah um it's and so then cute. it saw them and then its tentacles came out of the bag <laughs> And they're like, it's an octopus! That's very fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I watched another one this morning where somebody's like, is that coral? And they're like, oh, no, that's a basket star. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of fun to see, like, yeah, the weird things in the deep. I think and it's like EV something submarine machine. You mm-hmm. could probably find it pretty easily just by putting sub live feed into YouTube. Yeah, I'm sure it's Or a I big could one. pull it up on my phone immediately. You could. You could do it. You could research it while I talk about my yeah. thing. 
But yeah, I love it. And it's kind of cool because it reminds you like, oh, it's, people are still like learning and discovering things. It's not just like, we know everything. Yeah, and they're not down there like, oh, I know what that is. Everybody's just like, oh my gosh, what is that? That's so cool. And then they uh-huh. were panning because they were like, oh, look, let's go take a look at that coral because they have somebody steering. And then a shark swims on the screen. And everybody's like, it's a shark. <laughs> they're so, so like, excited. These people are just so passionate about it. Like, oh, they're, so excited. They're biologists because they fucking love animals. Yeah. EV Nautilus is okay. the channel name. Cool. That sounds rad. Also horrifying. Oh, it's it's very like, because you don't see what's not lit up by the sub. Right. So you have that sort of weird existential fear <laughs> of like, what's going to pop out? <laughs> yeah, that really gets me. Like, I don't do well with like, oh, like an- animals that live in water, <laughs> natural bodies I of water. I love looking at them through a screen. In real life, if I'm in a lake... My brain is like, what the fuck is down there? It's going to eat me. I hate it. I can't. I just can't do it. I went snorkeling once when I was six in Hawaii. And I like got freaked out from all the fish too close to me. I can't. I could never. I could never. It's so funny because I love sea life. But like it was just too close for comfort. Yep. Yep. Even like an IMAX movie will freak me out. So. <laughs> Going to OMSI. See the. Weird. The deep fit. sea. Yeah. <laughs> well, my five minute masters is also ocean related, so that's fun. Wow. Uh, so I want to talk about the very interesting, famous phrase from uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey: "The wine dark sea." Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yes, you may be familiar with this phrase. So obviously, it's translated from the Greek, and a more direct literal translation might be something like wine faced or like wine looking see um but mostly it's just very curious that homer would compare the sea to wine Mm -hmm. like that's the that's the key word here and it's like why would you like that doesn't seem to make sense it's very evocative and beautiful oh, yeah. but he uses the phrase so many times mm-hmm. that you're like what like what are you seeing is it like a reference yeah, or, yeah. and like you know why because like why especially in this part of the world at the time that homer would have been writing pretty much all wine was like red mm-hmm. and so it's like why are you comparing the blue ocean to a red liquid. Like, what is that about? And it's been this very interesting debate and mystery. Um, So, uh, there have been a lot of theories about why this comparison is being made. Uh, Some people wonder if... Actually, one of the more sort of wild ones is... Because there's also, like other weird color comparisons mm-hmm. in Greek writings but beyond that. And some people are like, maybe there was just sort of like a g- genetic color blindness mm-hmm. or color weirdness in the Greeks that they would describe so many things in weird ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think there's a, like, blue in, in particular is one that's just like a really weird comparisons or like there's not really a word for it at mm-hmm. that time. Like they just... The word that in, like, contemporary Greek means blue didn't come around for a while. And so it's just, like, there just isn't really a color. So well, it's that's, like, like, orange in English. Yeah. I mean, I think there was a word for it, but... But we... We didn't... Yeah. It was... 
lost to us well now. yeah and so yeah i'll get around to that one um but like <laughs> the idea that maybe um yeah like greeks just saw colors differently mm-hmm. um like they just like it had this weird form of color blindness that's a bit far-fetched yeah. i think um there was also like you bring up the linguistic idea that like maybe you know they didn't see the color because they didn't have the word for it and they didn't have the word for it because they did you know this sort of cyclical idea of like you don't you can't notice things that you don't have a way of articulating. Yeah. And so maybe blue just wasn't really something that registered to them because it appears so rarely in nature that it's like mm-hmm. the sky, that's not, it's just, it's the, the sky. It's clear. It's yeah. clear. That's the sky. And then you see that's the, the, the ocean and it's reflecting. Yeah. So like maybe there's, that's definitely what I've heard a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there were, you know, things that they prized from nature that were distinctly blue, like cornflowers and lapis lazuli and things like that. So it's it's kind of weird that they don't didn't necessarily have a specific color name for blue. Um, there's also the idea, and this one's this one was a very new, new one that I had not heard before, uh, that it was some kind of mineral component in the water. Um, okay. Stick with me here. <laughs> They're trying to say that there's some chemical... Because Greeks didn't generally drink their wine straight. They would water it. Mm-hmm. And so they were thinking maybe some kind of chemical reaction was happening because of the mineral profile of the water that would turn wine blue. Oh. I don't know about that. I feel like if that was a thing, we could replicate it. Yeah. I don't know. It's... it. That one was like, because, you know, I've heard about some of this stuff in the past, but when I was specifically reading about it yesterday, I was like, what? Like, where does this one come from? And why would you correlate that to the ocean anyway? Yeah. Unless you were adding salt water to your wine, which is a bad idea. Right. Well, I mean, but it's just, it's a color comparison. The idea is like, oh, the, you know, the bluish hue of the wine and the ocean is the same. You know, it's a a simile. It's, It's a metaphor. It's not... That they're specifically saying they're putting seawater in their wine. Don't do that. Um, and then, and one that that I found really uh, compelling is the idea that for Greeks at this time, color just wasn't as important. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the crucial descriptor, and it wasn't necessarily describing. Phrases like this weren't necessarily referring to color at all, and we just it's assume value. that it's it's light value, yeah. It's the, it's the, the it's the intensity the, of the, the the well, and and but specifically the interaction with light. Right. So, um, yeah, really cool stuff. Uh, yeah, the we are just a culture that pays a lot of attention to colors, and so mm-hmm. to read something like that, we're like, but wine is red, <laughs> and they're like, but what about you know dark the way it wine with in a terracotta the light. vessel, and it's impenetrable, but you know there's the light glinting off the top of mm-hmm. it, and it's you know the the phrase comes up in these very poetic, evocative moments where it's not just to describe the look of the ocean, but it is a metaphor for the internal experience of mm-hmm. the characters. You know, Achilles is downhearted and he goes and he looks at the wine dark sea and it's you know it means something mm-hmm. about Achilles inner state that the yeah. that the sea looks this way and as a culture they were very tied to the sea they were extremely seafaring it was a huge part of them so 
it may be that these kinds of descriptions have more to do with brightness and darkness mm -hmm. and shininess and dullness mm -hmm. more than actual hue. So that, I thought, was pretty cool. I like that well, idea. Well, that also makes sense because with all the different dialects, imagine mm -hmm. trying to explain color. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And, and you know, it just it does feel so strange from our point of view to, like, not describe things in terms of color. Yeah. But, like... That's arbitrary. But like everybody there would have known wine. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, that oh, I drink wine. We, I know what they're talking about. Drank. Yeah. <laughs> I bathe in wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, olive oil. Uh, but yeah, I just, I thought that was a really cool way of describing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here's the this great article from uh, LatehamsQuarterly.org. I don't know the publication, but it's a great article. Um yeah, I just want to read this paragraph and then I'll be done because I've been talking for a while. Rather than being ignorant of color, it seems that the Greeks were less interested in and attentive to hue or tint than they were to light. As late as the 4th century BC, Plato named the four primary colors as white, black, red, and bright. And those ca and in those cases where a Greek writer lists colors, quote, in order, they are arranged not by the Newtonian colors of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, but from lightest to darkest. And the Iliad contains a broad specialized vocabulary for describing the movement of light. Argos, meaning flashing or glancing white. Aeolos, glancing, gleaming, flashing. Or, according to Cunliffe's lexicon, the notion of glancing light passing into that of rapid movement. And the root of Hector's most defining epithet, Coruthaiolos, uh, great Hector of the shimmering helm. Thus, for Homer, the sky is brazen, evoking the glare of the Aegean sun, and more ambiguously, iron, perhaps meaning burnished, but possibly our sense of a leaden sky. Significantly, two of the few unambiguous color terms in the Iliad and which evoke the sky in accordance with modern sensibilities are phenomena of light. Dawn robed in saffron and dawn shining forth in rosy fingers of light. So cool stuff! Mm -hmm. The cultural concepts of like... Color. Color and like what, just what's, what's important yeah. in the description. Very neat stuff. So yeah. Wine Dark Sea. It's a great phrase. It's beautiful. Let's talk about serial killers, Alex. <laughs> this is my favorite TV show about murder. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good one. Mindhunter season two just came out and we watched it very rapidly. It was four days of three days of watching it. Four days of three days? We watched it Saturday, skipped Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. Oh, yeah. It's only eight episodes. Nine. Eight nine, nine, nine episodes. episodes. So we thought it was ten, but it turns out it was nine. Yeah, I saw it ended. Yeah, it did end. We were like, is that... Oh, it's over. Oh. It's over. There's no more. Oh, no. It was a great... It, it was a good ending, but it we just was. didn't think it would be. Right. It's like when you reach into the potato chip bag and you're like, oh, <gasps> they're gone. Yeah. Okay. And the credits are the crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Dennis Rader is the crumbs <laughs> at the end there of that episode. Uh, okay, so first off, how do you think the season compared to season one? Better. I agree. The easy answer is better, and there are many reasons why. Mm -hmm. And we will tell you the reasons yes, why. Yes, <laughs> we will. Well, yeah, I mean, like, it, it just, the, the sort of conflict of it was a very different thing. Because yeah. season one, it was about, like, the struggle of 
forming this department and yeah. making it happen. And now season two, we're in it. We're doing the work. It's mm-hmm. not about trying to be seen as legitimate. It's just the struggle of doing the work. Yeah. Like early on in the season, it's like, hi, I'm a new guy who's in charge and I think you're good. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Here's funding. And they're like, Whoa! Okay. <laughs> Someone's about, yeah, Gunn is an interesting character and I definitely want to talk about him. Oh yeah, he's so scary. Well, yeah, I don't really know. Like, I I, I've got thoughts, but, um, so... I think everybody on this show is scary, though. You're very... That was cracking me up how suspicious you are of everyone. It's like, it's not... It's it's, it's based in reality. Yeah, we're not watching Hannibal. Like, this is like when the detective came to the door to talk to Bill's wife about the the kid who had died. I was like, oh, he's a bad guy. That guy. And it's like, the, the detective that's on the case? Like, why are you suspicious? him this is not primetime television <laughs> but would you be screen. surprised if hannibal walked up and took uh holden by the hand and pulled him in his direction i'm gonna say i would be surprised <laughs> really because he's ready for it <laughs> yeah so um this season uh we had just just the just the barest of of ed kemper scenes and i mean it was a great scene the scene with ed but yeah. um but I wanted more. I mean, we always want more, but season one is more focused on him, which is good. It is the Ed season. But uh, yeah, I was just like, oh, I miss I miss Ed. <laughs> but we, we, we do not, we tread there lightly for good reason because he was the cause of Holden's right, he's breakdown. Like, yeah, he's like, he's so important, but not present. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this season we've got quite a few interviews, quite yeah. a few murderers, some... Uh, you know, maybe less high-profile mm-hmm. people, especially B-team. <laughs> the yeah. B-team interviews. Oh, they they interviewed some high-profile people. They did, they did. The Atlanta people were, uh, the Atlanta, or the the, the the two murders they went to in the South were sort of uh-huh. a little less important yeah, in terms the, of the grand scheme. Yeah, the, the people that um, Holden interviewed with... Um, that guy. Oh, no, Jim. Jim. Jim, yeah. Um... But, yeah, this season was definitely a lot more political with the Atlanta child murders, Mm -hmm. you know, getting into, like, the sort of ramifications of the work that they're doing and the application of it. And And the impact on their lives. uh And the limitations of what they can achieve. Uh, Yeah, really uh, interesting stuff. We finally got Manson. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there was a lot of lead up. To Manson yeah. because he was talked about quite a bit in season one. And in the trailer. And in the trailer. But like just the show itself. Yeah. Like, you know, built this up. Like yeah. it was a big deal that we're getting to Manson. How He's do you... the name everybody knows even if you don't know very much about. Everybody knew Manson. Yeah. Everybody knew Manson. So how do you feel about the payoff of Manson? I felt disappointed but I also know that was the reality. They they weren't gonna get what they wanted from him because mm-hmm. he's not what they're looking for. He's yeah, it's it's not normal. Like he's not. But what I did find out was that he's the same actor that plays him in, in Once Upon a Time Once in Hollywood. Time yeah. In Hollywood. Yeah, that was. And they just add. What I did notice, so you know how you said what's his face looked exactly like him. Oh. um... The actor Son of that, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> they use prosthetics. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I, I was sure that they yeah. did. They had to. Have. And they used them on Manson as well. But it was very, um, very well done. Yeah. Very convincing. Yeah. Son of Sam, uh, Berkowitz, freaked me out. <laughs> it was, like, upsetting how much he looked yeah. exactly like him. That was 
terrifying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Manson was an interesting one. Um, I the guess performance that, was great, great but it's great just like, you're kind of disappointed because Holden's kind of disappointed. Well, I don't, I don't know. know we don't really get a debrief the, from Holden because it's much more about Bill at that moment. Yeah. So, which is something I think we should get into now is Bill's whole journey. That was probably the most primetime television unexpected thing to happen in the whole season. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about little little boy. Um so yeah. Uh turns out Bill's adoptive son was present when some older boys murdered a toddler yeah and it's not clear you know how much of an accident this was because ultimately that's not relevant to what's going on on this side of the story yeah because you know it's clear that his son i can't why can't i think of his name his son didn't actually participate Mm -hmm. in the death of the child but he was present Mm -hmm. and he came up with the idea for the Trying to resurrect him. Yeah. Yeah. The, posing of the, the body. The crucifixion of the child to try to bring him back, which is like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I get it. And that's, I don't know. It doesn't make it less fucked up. Right. But it, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I think, I think it does make it less fucked up you because think? it wasn't something done maliciously. It yeah. wasn't done to, you know, hurt him or demean him. He was, but he was it, trying to do yeah. something good. But it completely serves the purpose to make Bill feel like his son is one of these people that he's interviewing because of mm-hmm. the details of the case in particular. Yeah, I mean, it just, yeah. It's it, like, it's, it's got these notes of things that he's heard before, mm-hmm. these things that he's familiar with at this point. Uh, and, in you know, we're, a lot of the season deals with the questions of like, blame and agency with mm-hmm. with the manson killings it's like how responsible was manson for the and, murders and the candy man stuff and too candy man stuff you know who who's responsible for what happened yeah. how much blame is shared you know it's like yeah manson you know it's there's there's disagreement about yeah. how in charge he was yeah. you know did he tell them to do this mm-hmm. did he not were they totally under his thrall did they come up with yeah. the idea mm-hmm. it's hard to say who's who's to blame and yeah with the Candyman killer mm-hmm. this boy like he was a, he was a child yeah. when he was working with the Candyman to bring in victims like how responsible right. is he for that because mm-hmm. he was a he was just a boy like yeah. he was a kid but and then we have bill and his family where after this is all happening, his wife is spiraling, trying to find something under, to understand. Has, can't hold on And it. then, yeah. going back to the blame, she's like, I don't have to blame myself because I didn't give birth to him. Ooh, And yeah. you're just like, oh. Yeah, that's a lot. That's That was a real gut punch. When, that was. When she and was, she was doing her full-on acting in those yeah, couple yeah. scenes. Smoking a cigarette, staring into the middle distance. <laughs> Classic acting. No, she was very good in this season. Oh, yeah. She was a real standout. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Nancy was very good. Yeah, she wasn't really... She was there and and in a good, some good scenes in the first season. But she just but didn't she, have a lot to do. She did the work. Yeah, in this she was. She really was moment. a standout. Oh. Yeah, and I'm glad that they did give her and Wendy a lot more to do mm-hmm. in this season, especially with Holden's girlfriend out of the picture. Yes, um, and I'm kind of glad she was gone because I, I didn't like their relationship at all. It was gross. Yeah. Well, I think. The whole that what they were doing with that relationship in season one was sort of showing Holden's sort of 
cultural awakening. Mm -hmm. You know, going from this, like, straight-laced good boy and, like, opening himself up to different ideas in the world, more Mm -hmm. radical things. And so she was sort of a gateway for him into those things and a sounding board for Mm -hmm. him. Somebody who would be more with it than Bill. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, uh, it was important, I think, that they they, they gave Wendy a very good love interest. Um, I feel like they... I think the first season did this as well, but particularly in the second season, they know this time period is men doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're like, women did a lot of shit too, and we're going to show get the you. They didn't credit for it. Yeah, they didn't get the credit or they didn't talk about it. So we're like, let's just show you what all the women did. Yeah. Like all the moms of the, oh, yeah. of the slain children. Yes. The, the mothers, the Atlanta mothers. And I mean, like Wendy's sort of contributions and how it's sort of... Um, her, her closeted gayness is kind of a metaphor for mm-hmm. that. The idea of, like, I, in order to be taken seriously as a professional, I need to make these concessions, and I can't come out here, and I can't be my whole mm-hmm. self because it's not allowed. Yeah. And then when she does, uh, Greg... Just doesn't even he's like, consider... you're such a good actress. Yeah, oh, where did you come oh. up with that? Oh, that my gosh. You How had did you a connect female, to this? That you had this lover. Ugh. Like, and she's like... Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Greg is a constant disappointment. I'm always rooting for him, and he's always a wrong. He's, he is wrong. He's and always I, wrong. I love the way that Gun kept sending him out of the room. Yeah, that like, was the funniest. To... She's like, oh, Greg, could you please excuse us? And he's just like, <laughs> you can see him through the window, just hanging just like, out outside. Like, looking for something to do. Yeah, just like pouring some coffee, just like, I wonder if they'll let me back in the it's room. It's like, no, you're a homophobe. Go Get away. Get out, Greg. You... <laughs> You jerk. Well, and also, like, he's lost their trust because yeah. he's the one who, who snitched. He snitched, yeah. He's the one who snitched from last season, and they're like, mm, you're on the outs, Greg. Mm-hmm. Also, you're really <laughs> expendable to this team. Super expendable. Yeah, like, when he and Wendy went, like, he did nothing no, when he, they went to interview people. He, he's, like, sticking to the list. And he just pushed, like, he just pushes record on the, <laughs> on the recorder, and Wendy does all the work. Yeah. And that, and she's so great. I, and I was glad for Wendy to be given the opportunity to have more sympathy for the difficult position that Holden oh, and yeah. Bill are in when they're performing when, these interviews. Yeah, because a, a, a criminal who also is dealing with whatever else they're dealing with whatever in their own head. Whatever sickness they've got going on. Is not going to respond well to, to just a generic questions on a survey. <laughs> yeah. If anything, or for most, for the most part, none of them even can accomplish a yes or a no. Uh-huh. Because it's like, no, I have this weird thing to do. I have to throw this bird into a fan. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so, because in the past she's been like, you know, you didn't even try to stick to the questions. And it's yeah. like, yeah, see so, how far that fucking got you? <laughs> and you know what? Once she accepts that, once yeah. she rolls with it, she's a star. Yeah. She does such a good job. She knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And she does, she just is great at it. Um, and it, you know, she even does say to them like, hey guys, so... I get it. I understand now. Like, oh, also, I'm not just a psychologist. I'm like in charge. I'm like a total star. I'm like doing it all. Yeah. She's doing it all. I'm best. like balancing work and love. Not on ultimately. <laughs> ultimately, no. Not but. well, no. <sighs> but none of them are. No. Holden's dripping in his work. Yeah. He, Bill's marriage is falling apart. Yeah. And Wendy just can't. 
She, trust. Yeah. Yeah. She, she can't let somebody in. But a lesbian in the seventies. Yeah. Can I mean it's. Uh, it's a hard. Yeah. It's a hard landscape to Especially live in. Especially when you work with the FBI. <laughs> uh huh. Who's notoriously untrustworthy to uh, disparaged groups. Yes, to minorities. Um, yeah, I don't... I'm still chewing on Wendy's whole breakup. Um, like, it. do you think that she was just, like, getting cold feet and found it out? Like, because, oh. you know, she was, like totally in it she's like i'm you know i'm sorry and you're right and i need to i need to communicate better with you and i want i want you in my life mm-hmm. and i want to be with you and then she you know has this maybe slightly disconcerting experience of overhearing Kay mm-hmm. speaking with her ex-husband mm-hmm. but she's just like she hightails out. it yeah. she's just completely out and it's like you have to understand like she's but i don't just, think she does i think she was like Oh, you were saying I need to to be more like this. Live authentically. So I'm conceding to you, but then you do not offer me a concession in return. Yeah. I mean, I guess so, but I mean, it's not like Wendy was going to go and like out herself to her workplace. No, but like she expected, she's like, I'm meeting you here. I'm not going over the top. I'm not having you move in. I'm not going to be your mom. I'm going to, you know... Just do things as as you sort of want to bring them up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and her, then her reaction she's like, was just so violent and, yeah, that I was like, "Wow, like, this is a lot." Yeah, she's like, "In return, I kind of want to be part of your life." Mm-hmm. And then when she overhears, "Oh, I'm not seeing anyone. There's no one here, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to introduce my son to whoever's not here." But just like the lack of sympathy that she has for Kay's position is like troubling to me. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's a power dynamic going on in their relationship. Mm-hmm. They're both wanting to be in charge, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. She just... Like, especially, like, we start off in Kay's apartment. Mm-hmm. And Wendy's judging it. Yeah, she's like... <laughs> Harshly. And then they stop going there. Mm-hmm. And then we go back and then it falls apart. Yeah, that is interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way, where, you know, the settings of these events are. Yeah, I don't know. Um, But we did kind of get away. We were talking about Bill and his whole situation because, you know, he's getting really, uh, you know, freaked out. A lot of these interviews that they're doing are sort of reflecting in his mind on his home life and, you know, Manson telling him that it's his fault yeah. that his kids fucked up yep. and um there was another one where he was getting all um bothered. i'm not sure if it was an interview specifically but you know him and his wife were talking about how they don't know what happened to their son before they adopted him yeah he could be traumatized and that could be leading to his many you know behavioral issues yeah uh and then you've got the other side you know he's got these really um uncomfortable experiences with you know seeing these people and being worried that that's what his son is gonna be but then he's also very popular because of his work yeah. you know we oh, see when they have the barbecue yeah. and 
everyone, everyone, everyone wants, wants to hear, hear the nitty gritty hear details the stories. of And these... it just comes up over and over at the barbecue and Nancy's like, hey, make friends, talk to some people. And then he does and mm-hmm. he gets in trouble for talking about what they want to talk about, which yeah. is his work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, when they're talking to, every time they're talking to someone, you know, one of the social workers mm-hmm. or whatever, they're always like, oh, oh yeah, the th- I want to the know therapist. about that. Like everyone, yeah. the child therapist, the social worker, they're, they're both oh, yeah. like, oh, wow, that's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to hear more about that. Like, that's, it's like his best quality yeah. is that he has these stories. And then Gunn uses that, gets him schmoozing with these guys at the country club, mm-hmm. telling all these wild stories about these crazy serial killers. Yeah. And everyone is so fascinated. Mm-hmm. Bill is so popular because yeah. of it. And then he goes home and his wife won't look at him. Yeah. Like, she oh. will only look into in the, the middle, middle distance. distance. <laughs> <laughs> but and yeah. that, that that country club scene is just well, and it's so funny when Holden comes in and he's just, just like boring them to death. Oh my gosh! Yeah, with the nitty. Yeah, just te- like well, the and the really fascinating thing is the scientific application of these, <laughs> th- and it's just like oh my god! They're like Holden. no, we this have is... money. We don't need to know the. We don't care. We, we don't care. The, Holden. The drama. We just, we just want to hear about how that guy threw a bird into a fan. Tell, tell us the tea. Yes, <laughs> we just want to know about these wacky killers. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and like Bill is so ready to play the game. Yeah. But because it makes him feel good, yeah. like he's he feels cool, he feels important. Um, and then him and Wendy have that moment. Which one? Where they're outside, they both leave the party. Oh yeah. And, and he, then he explain he l- lets her know what's going on in his life, and it's like they're best friends now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to talk about because I, I I do love that 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 Holden and Bill are trusting Wendy mm-hmm. with their what's going on yeah. inside them, and because they're so bad at knowing how to deal with it because it's 1980 and they're men. <laughs> uh, you could have just said because they're men. Yes, but especially, <laughs> especially 1980. 1980. They yeah. have a therapist literally next to them. And so like it's really cool. Or a psychologist yes. I should say. It's really cool Different that thing. they are able to go to her and trust her and she's like, yeah, I want to help you. Like yeah. I'm here, please, if you need anything. To-. But like it also gives me the little tickle in the back of my head, like, these men are using this woman for their emotional labor. Like, yeah, yeah. oh no, oh no. And also then she has to be like, could these things that they're telling me about their lives be affecting the work? Yeah. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's nothing of that implied in the show itself, but that's something that comes to my mind. It's like, oh, these people that are supposed to be interviewing you know the and analyzing the psycho- psychological profile of murderers also are having psychological issues well yeah and that's when the, you know that's where the problem was with manson like he got to bill he got oh, to yeah. him oh because yeah. of what was going on in his life mm-hmm. so and that's the most interesting part of that whole scene is because manson can talk all he wants and you're not going to get much out of it but once he gets you yeah he because that's that's what manson was he was he was a manipulator mm-hmm. He just he could find the way to 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 just wrap you around his finger. He, he charmed just, Holden. Uh huh. And then just by being himself, yeah, like starstruck. Yeah, he was just starstruck. And then he tears Bill apart. Yeah, he just he knew he knew exactly what buttons buttons to push. And half of it was nonsense too. Yeah, he's just, I mean he, he's just contradicting himself oh, back yeah. and forth oh, like yeah. 
but you know that's he would just was like whatever man it's not yeah. me it's you I yeah, didn't do anything universe. and it's you know these kids they just needed somewhere to go and I was here because you threw them out and it was yeah. just like oh <laughs> lord in heaven what a creep yeah uh, yeah oh it was great it was a great scene honestly I thought it was a great payoff to the whole Manson build up um, I think this season does a really good job at differentiating the types of people that are being interviewed because the first season does a little bit of it. Like all of the, uh, where they're starting to make the categories. Yes. And but this season's all about destroying those categories. Yeah. They're like, Oh, this is not adding up because in the way that Manson didn't physically murder anyone. Yes. He, now it, the, the, the reality is, uh, he thought he did. Yeah. Turns out the guy he thought he murdered didn't yeah. die, which is <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Um, uh, but he is a whole different beast. Yes. Um, and then we have one of the kids that actually did some of the murders, um, that they interview right after him. Uh, Texas something? Oh, Tex. Tex. Yes. Um, and he's just chill. He's, yeah, he's found Jesus and, he, and he's, he's... just, like, spilling the beans. This is how it was. And, but, like, and you, but then you do have to wonder, like, how much of this is... Text remembering things the way he wants to remember them. Or how much, how of, much it of this is, is him true? giving Holden what he wants. Yeah, giving Holden what he wants or protecting himself, saying mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, we were just on all these drugs and it was like it wasn't yeah. really happening. And mm-hmm. Charlie told me that we had to go and do this. Yeah. And so, you know, you get all these conflicting stories and it's very hard to know what the reality yeah. is. But in you that do case. realize that like both of these people are different from a lot, like they're different from Kemper. They're, yeah. But nobody's like Kemper. Nobody's which like Ed. Which Holden hates. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, why can't they all be like Kemper? Why can't we just get Ed? Can we just talk to Ed some more? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Because I want to talk about the guy. <laughs> the really annoying guy with the bad vocabulary. Yes. yes I can't yes. think of the guy's name. Yeah. He was, um... Yeah, he... I think it was he had a name. the first one that he was interviewing with Jim's help. Yeah. He... Was yeah, he was related to another case, but I don't remember the, the name, the pseudonym that they gave him. Yeah, I, I just I don't even no. remember his real name. But he, yeah, he was just like Holden was getting so frustrated. Yeah, he's like he was so irritated with this guy. Yeah. And because Kemper he is was, articulate, forthcoming, forthcoming. Yeah. Um, he's just there to help. He's just there to help. And then this he, guy, he was, loves the attention. Yeah, so and, he's like, yeah, sure, whatever, yeah. I'll give you anything. Mm-hmm. And this guy was like, I didn't do it. And also, I'm the biggest idiot. Biggest idiot. <laughs> and also, I'm making shit up. Yeah. Yeah. And But but it almost felt like Holden was forgetting the point. Yeah. Where he was, like, trying to, like, you know, get him to get his story straight. And it's like, you didn't yeah, have that. Yeah, it, we don't We don't care about, at least in the case, in, in what he's trying to gather... We don't care about the facts of the case because it's already settled. Right. It, the, the, the important You're thing in prison is, for life. I don't need to know. Yeah. I, we don't need to get this, the, 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 scoop. the details yeah. straight. I, we need to know, like, what's going on in your head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he last season, he didn't have that problem with Brutos. Brutos mm-hmm. was like, I didn't do it. And he's like, what? And he's like, no, it was somebody else. I was framed. And so mm-hmm. they're like, okay. Here's okay. a shoe. <laughs> well, they're like, okay. Why do you think the guy who right. really did it yeah. did it? And so, like, like they found a way around yeah. to get him to talk. And it turns out with this guy, it was goddamn peanut butter cups <laughs> that got him to open up. Because Jim is a genius and Holden's 
going through some shit and yeah. not thinking clearly. Like, all he had to do was give him some goddamn candy, and he's like, well, yeah, fuck, I'll tell you whatever. Like, In Holden's defense, he was recovering from a breakdown. Sure, sure, sure. Not in a good mental state. He really shouldn't have been, been there. He shouldn't also, have been like, doing that. Medicating in not the best way. Yeah. Like just Valium. whenever whenever he was getting sort of jumpy, he would pop a couple Valium. <laughs> it was never one Valium. We not? never see it, but he like shakes the bottle. Oh no. Which is very again, nineteen eighty. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, but yeah, like it felt like Holden was just having a really hard time doing his work. He eventually got back into it and was able yeah. to, you know, pull it together. But of course, when he pulls it together is when we, the audience, start seeing the most fucked up shit of the season. Yeah. Bodies and rivers. Children's bodies. Children's bodies and rivers. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Um. So that's the interesting thing about this season is uh, it takes place over several years because it picks up. Uh, directly after the events of season one, which takes place in 1977. Yeah. And by the time Wayne Williams was... Arrested. Convicted, it was 1981. Yeah. So, like, this is, like, a long Yeah, because they're there for... Time. They're there from, like, is it 12th or 13th kid missing? Yeah, till, like... Till the end. Yeah, till the end. Yeah, how many... Was and it, it's... like, 29? 29. Uh, yeah, what a terrible, terrible case. Yeah. So I came into this season being pretty familiar with the Atlanta child murders, and you yeah. came into it knowing nothing. next to nothing yeah. about yeah. it. Uh, so that was very interesting. But it was kind of funny that we both had murders that we were more familiar with than the other, because I knew more about the Candyman. Right, you did, yes. Yeah, I, I knew a little bit about the Candyman. That one's fucked up, too. It's so horrifying. And, the, like, the crazy thing about that one is, like, the person that they're interviewing isn't even, like... The, the murderer. The, yeah, I mean... He, he murdered the murderer. Yeah, and he, you know... He was an accomplice. Yeah, he was an accomplice. For many of them. Murders, but, but he wasn't, like, the, only, the, the fucked up psychopath. I think, I think eventually they did charge him as a uh, murderer for many of the deaths because he was an accomplice. So yeah. I think he was charged for, like, seven murders. Was he? I think so. Because I, I, I understand that he was eventually found not guilty of murder of um Oh, Coral. of Coral. Of Coral. Dean Coral, yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because he... He did. But it was a, it was a case of self-defense. Right, self-defense. So, because he... Because, I mean, there's video, yeah, there, yeah, a recording of him audio saying, recording. I killed Dean. Yeah, I killed Dean. Because... He did. He did, but it was because Dean, was you know, going, was strapped him down to his big plywood board and was torturing, torturing him and stuff. And he got out and he killed him, which is like, yep, do that. Do, that. do kill the but man. But, like, maybe sooner. <laughs> but who's to blame? <laughs> exactly! When you're being manipulated and you think this person is your only friend and they're the only one yeah. that gives you any sort of... Validation, validation or love or... or atten- yeah. yeah, like, yeah, it, it's really... And also tragic. the whole fucked up sexuality aspect of it too. Yeah, yeah, we had we had a couple interviews of with you know gay or you know possibly queer people. Mm-hmm. There was there was him, and then there was the other one that Wendy interviewed. Um, the guy who was talking about like SM and oh yes, yes, the um, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was a really interesting interview. And then also um, the the guy who. Glasses. To the guy who glasses? <laughs> We've already discussed today how bad I am with Yes. Um, Wade Williams. Wayne Williams. Wayne Williams. Yes. Yes. They also bring up his this. sexuality. Yes. And he's very defensive of that. 
Well, yes. I mean, real, I mean, for good reason. But like, fucking 1980. But, like, it, it's a very, like... If this was put out in a different year, I feel like people would be a little upset that it's sort of, like, casting a negative light on queer people. Mm-hmm. But when queer people have been so repressed and tortured... Some things well, bubble up to the surface. And, I mean, this show has very positive queer representation yes, in Wendy. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I think that it kind of takes care of itself yeah. in that regard. Well, and it's just, they're also showing the truth of a lot of the matters. Yeah, it's, it's you know, people who are, you know, fucked up and, and sick in some way, and also they're queer. Yeah. And then it just compounds. Yeah. I think next season, well, I don't know the timeline very well. I'm bad with dates. But mm-hmm. I think next season they're going to try to do, um, what's his name? The big one. Bundy? No. Well, maybe Bundy, but uh, another, the other big one. I mean, Let's a... just cut this whole part. <laughs> Never mind. Cut that. Steven. <laughs> we need a Steven to cut yes. it. We just need a cat growling into the microphone. Oh my gosh. Yeah, speaking um, of murders. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And so just as a kind of a sidebar, so Will and I have been watching that um, Staircase documentary yeah. on Netflix. I can't believe I haven't watched it yet. It's been on there for ages. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another very interesting case of like queerness and sexuality yeah. coming into the case and being like potentially very relevant to... The definite murder of his wife, who he definitely <laughs> killed. Oh, my God. I remember Dahmer. Dahmer. Yes. Okay. I, I always have to think of the movie My Friend Dahmer and oh. remember his name. Yeah, it would be interesting. Because <laughs> we know as a fact that the guy that wrote the book interviewed Dahmer. Mm-hmm. And th- that would be freaky, too. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a reason we sort of have shows like this and podcasts about it because we fantasize like the wanting to understand yeah just trying to figure out how it's possible how it's possible that and someone like, can be this way why yeah. does this happen mm-hmm. and also like they become weird mythic figures which feeds into their own sort of and that's what's going on with bill in this season mm-hmm. is that's what everybody you know this sort of serial killer celebrity yeah. idea is beginning here you yeah. know with manson it kicked off this whole other way of thinking about murderers yeah. of like being these crazy mythical figures and it feeds into what they're learning about btk is Ugh. that they want to be celebrities they want to be found yeah, talking out. about zodiac mm-hmm. um yeah they're these, writing letters to the to the press to the, to the press and they also interviewed that other guy who um killed um the uh army grunts and the the prostitutes the women yeah. and how he was also sending letters but they were like really bad he was bad. so stupid that he was like not understanding how it works to and like they, and they like easily figured it out but it's still like it helped them figure out how a lot of the killers want a relationship with the press or the police so they can be validated or or whatever feel important on. yeah name themselves yeah that also goes back to son of sam as well son of sam yeah yeah and that's an interesting one um because he was completely in control of his narrative yeah he made it it. all up (laughs) and it and it kind and it has a lot to do with manson too the way that you know manson definitely decided when it was when he was going to trial that he was gonna play crazy 
Like this, and it's really interesting about Manson is that because he just, he had a really fucked up life. Like he had an extremely fucked up life. Um, And when he was a young man, he went to military school. And I think it was military school. It was like a boys Mm -hmm. boarding school. And it was just like the worst experience you can imagine just like boys you know being raped by older boys Uh and it was just like the most abusive environment and he developed this defense mechanism of playing crazy where you know when he was being victimized he would just act like a total lunatic and get people to leave him alone it was a defense mechanism and i'm sure that this is something that he made use of later to like throw people Mm -hmm. is just well, totally bonkers. Jeffrey Dahmer did that when he was younger too in order to um, sort of connect with other people because he was having trouble, you know, making friends and his parents were really pressuring him to make friends and relate to other kids. He became the class clown. He would be, you know, just do strange outbursts in order to sort of get, get laughs and attention. Yep. Yeah, and for Charlie, it was just like, all right, like I'm just going to put on a show. Like, I'm just going to act totally crazy. And then maybe, you know, I'm not, they're going to, they're going to say, oh, he's just like a total crazy burnout. His brain is fried and, you know, he's not like responsible for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. And so that's what, you know, they ended up discovering about um, Son of Sam, about Berkowitz, is that he just made up this idea. And the fact that they got it so easily from him. Yeah, that I mean, that's probably a little bit of fantasy there, yeah. of them being able to just draw it out of him like that. Yeah. Um, but it was a great scene of, yeah. of them being like, so, um, and that's when you saw The Exorcist? <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, come on. Yeah. Come on. And he's yeah. like, Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think the good thing about that whole scene is the terror of seeing somebody look exactly like this person <sighs> was balanced by how quite calm the whole interview was. And how they just like figured him out yeah. so fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where Holden was really shining. That was yeah. him like at his best. Just being like, oh, really? Um, Yeah, this is, uh, that's interesting that you say that. Yeah. It's, a... it's inconsistent with your actions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, really very very good scene. Very cool. I liked that one a lot. <laughs> and and honestly, great payoff too because like episode one, season one, Son of Sam has just been caught, and Holden is like fascinated by this, and he's like, I want to, I want to learn about this. I mm. want to do something about this because this is something new. This is something we don't know anything about. Yeah. And he was a big inspiration for, for, the unit. Yeah. So for them to go and talk to him and figure him out like that was yeah. was very was very satisfying great success yeah i yeah. really want to see the team grow right like you see in the background like they've got these other employees but it's like what are they doing yeah what but is- i mean they want to be in charge of what they're doing too it's mm-hmm. like they know, are the, they're the only ones who he wrote really the book know. i mean yeah <laughs> and then they're talking about needing to train people and then Atlanta happens, yeah, and they're and like, they "No, we have no, to do. We this. have to catch an actual killer." Yeah, and that was that's very interesting to see their frustration as you know this thing that they are trying to make work. They you know putting it into live practice and is it's, hard. It's hard, and it's um, detrimental to the case in some cases, right? Because when Holden first goes down to Atlanta, 
he's dealing with the politics. Mm-hmm. And he's Talking like, to the police he's commissioner. Like, it's a black suspect. And they're like, they're like, no, we, yeah, well, <laughs> we're going to disagree with that. Well, and that's the thing of it is like, no matter, no matter what, it looks bad. And that's yeah. the shitty thing about this case is that they were like, they were we trying to make it. a wholesome, beautiful, sparkling city. And this terrible tragedy is happening. And they're just like, we, we don't, we don't want to address it because, yeah. because if we say it's the KKK, then we have a race war. Yeah. And if we say it was a black man. Then, like, people are, you know, the black community is going to be furious yeah. with us. for They're going to call the mayor a traitor. Yeah. So what do you do? What do you do? And what you do is you, f- you find Wayne Williams and you blame 29 murders on him. <laughs> when he probably, at the very most, did a third of those. Right. Right. That's, I mean, and it's, like, good that they got him. But yeah. they, sh- they, they just stopped. They just yeah. were like, all right, it's done. We got it. And it's like, no. Yeah. Well, and... and- in a weird way, I can understand why. Because they had exhausted all of their resources. Mm-hmm. Every but day like, we're using every single officer just to find something. And so when they are do- when they find it, they're like, okay, we don't have to use all that anymore. But, like, justice wasn't done. Oh, no. You're, you're completely right. But it's one of those... It's, the, it's like humans want to go back to... Sort of the easy, lazy... Mm-hmm. Just like, uh, oh, finally, it's off my shoulders. It's off my shoulders or like, you know, it's no longer top priority. Mm-hmm. And we can see that in every tweet out there right now. Yeah, right. Of all the horrible it's things like, there's happening. There's something the else happening yeah. now. I can't. It's like, we don't have to think about this gun control anymore because the Amazon's burning, you uh, know? Yeah. Yep. And it... it uh, yeah, it, that'll date the episode. <laughs> that'll, welcome to... Right now. Right now. Yeah. August 24th. Hi. <laughs> it's 2019 and everything sucks. <laughs> Everything's on fire. Yep. Literally. And Yep. Both literally and figuratively. Yep. At least we've got the fish tube. We have the fish tube. Yeah. That's going to confuse some people maybe someday. <sighs> what? Fish tube? What are they talking Alien about? Alien archaeologists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I thought that they handled the portrayal of the case very respectfully um that you know giving these mothers a voice and And that showing that they were doing all the work they were doing so much work they were so confident and they just weren't giving up they were trying so hard and they were getting so much done and they were being used also by holden Mm -hmm. and oh i hated that scene where he's just running with that giant white cross i'm like fucking why are you doing this why are you doing this why are you doing this this isn't gonna look like the opposite of what you're trying to do i know yeah it was really mortifying uh yeah that was a very weird moment but but i i think that you know having all of these you know black women very central to the story and for holden to be deferring to them and and believing them and valuing what they've done and Mm -hmm. what they think and what they know like to to for him to they did yeah i they definitely in this season did a lot of this like uh you know like oh yeah totally 100% you know civil rights and i i believe these are, like the the um guy who was staking out that uh bar or oh, whatever yeah. that they oh, yeah, went to yeah. talk to and he's yeah. like yeah this whole situation is fucked up and i don't like any of it and this is how it is and yeah. i i'm with it man i'm totally <laughs> with it it's like okay well my hunters Firmly planning itself on the side of civil rights. <laughs> but they also really 
just like destroy Holden. Like, okay, so the, the the mothers are the first people he interacts with on the case, pretty much. Yeah, like Tanya. He, I think that's her name. Tanya yeah. like finds him and and takes him. Takes him. Takes to, him to, he thinks to it's a, a date. <laughs> he thinks it's a date. It's so cute. Yeah, he's like just taking like, a shower. He, he does like yeah. He does like a getting the whole dressed getting montage. Getting ready montage of like oh boy. It's like oh no. Here are the mothers of slain children. Yep. And missing children. And but without missing a beat, he's oh, just yeah. like he, in he it. He's just job. like oh okay. I misunderstood. Yeah. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, I need help. Yeah. And he's he's very like, good boy, I need to help. The uh-huh. whole the whole time. Yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna come back. And he does come back. Uh-huh. And they're, they're like, gets, you're gonna let yeah. us down. And we then know he leaves, that you are. And then they come back again. Uh-huh. Because it gets worse. And the FBI yeah, has to he, like yeah, I mean, yeah, that, he tries so hard yeah. and they're like, Thank you for trying. We know you're gonna let us down. And ultimately He's like, I tried, and I'm gonna keep trying. And they're like, Yeah, they're like, no, you did, but it, we are let down. Yeah. Like, it, we knew we were oh, gonna be and let they, down. They just destroy the ending of that. They crush him. Uh huh. They're uh, the 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 one mother who's like basically the. Yeah, I wish I could remember her name. I, I know, do feel but bad. She for like her. she like runs the show. Yes, she's so she compelling. so strong, so good. Um, she tells him, "This is them doing their victory lap." Yeah, this is a victory lap. You don't... That's what happens at the end. And this is the end. And then he's like, no, it's no, not the no, end. No, no, it's... I'll come back. We'll do more research. And then he he gets a private plane ride from head of the FBI. Yeah. And then Bill's like, hey, Holden, it's our victory lap. And you're just like... Oh, don't say that. Don't say victory lap. Yeah. Well... Which is like, Holden is at his best when he's sufficiently destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, these this season was really hard on all of these characters. They're like, I do not envy them at all. <laughs> yeah. If anything, Wendy's doing the only glamorous stuff, and even that's really hard work. Yeah, she's she's. And it's not really glamorous. I mean, she gets dumped. <laughs> yeah, well, no, she, she does a she, dump. She does a dump, which is not easier. No, it sucks. It sucks. She's super super sad. Yeah. Yeah. And she has to deal with Greg. Greg. <laughs> remember first season when i'm like defending him yes i know you're like oh but he's just no <laughs> he's no the worst not greg okay so we have a little anecdote about so friday last week um the, f- the second season premiered mm-hmm. and we sit down to watch it we're so oh excited and God, so ready so we're so excited so ready we hit play we don't look at what episode's playing we just hit play because yeah. usually netflix either knows you've already seen the first season or it automatically plays the second season yeah, because it's, it's the, the newest. New one. But... And we're watching this episode we're like, gosh, this feels so familiar. I'm I like, guess did I, I see saw, a premiere or something? I saw like a preview? Premiere. What is... Wow, gosh. And we just like, we watched this whole episode and we're like, okay. Uh, and then we put on the second one and we're just like predicting things that are going to happen. We know... And we're like... What is going on? Hold on a second. We pause it. It's goddamn season one, episode ten. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are we doing? We wasted a full hour watching the wrong season. <laughs> like, because like I forgot that months, months ago, before we moved into this house, I was rewatching season one, and so it just picked up from there. <laughs> what dummies we are! But you know what? In our defense. It's been like two yeah, years, yeah. so mm-hmm. come on, ah, <laughs> oh, Lord. Good job, Netflix. Uh, We're gonna blame Netflix and not ourselves. Yeah, they should come up with the season faster. 
<laughs> All right. Any final thoughts on Mind Hunter? Oh my gosh. I feel like we like. If you can handle the psychological stuff, I know some of it's pretty twisted, some of it's pretty tough uh-huh. to deal with. Highly recommend. It's so good. It's some Love of the acting. Best work. Love the this. All, I felt like this season was also, uh, at least to me, aesthetically more pretty to look at. Like yeah. the shots were really dynamic and yeah, they stepped it up in a lot of ways this mm-hmm. season. It was less like predictable also like the first season is predictable because you're like oh i know the arc of this i know the arc like they have to build this they have to put together a team they have you know yeah. da, 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 da. he's having problems with his girlfriend da, 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 da. yeah but this season was it just had a lot more legs and it was great even though it's an episode shorter <laughs> uh yeah good stuff and it's so, you know, I, I do want to, last thing, talk about how f- interesting it is that they've got the BTK that they're cutting back to. Mm-hmm. They, they just keep showing Dennis Rader over and over. And, like, we know that he wasn't caught Until for n- decades. Yeah, the 90s. Yeah, no, like, he, isn't like, the, 2005. 2005? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, it's just like, are we just going to keep seeing Dennis Rader do this shit? Like, for the whole series? Like, are, are they going to do a The Crown and <laughs> recast the main characters when they're older? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Bill well, can... if it takes them this long to make the fucking second season, <laughs> like, by the time... Well, because Fincher apparently has five seasons planned out. Oh, my gosh. I, hope I mean, they, they have enough killers. Yeah, they, I mean, there's enough history. There's like the book. There's probably more than Yeah, I, I hope that they do get to, to, to do all of that, because that would be super cool. But, yeah, at this pace... Just well, also, like, think old. of all the turmoil the characters are going to have to go through in their personal lives. Yeah, just blow it all up, man. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I'm curious what this, I mean, it is, you know, especially, like, season one, it was weird to have, like, Dennis Rader popping up when they, like, weren't even really yeah. aware yeah. yet. And at least now in season two, they're, like... We we have yeah. they he's a he's a thing he's, he's a known quantity thing, yeah. and they're they're trying to sort him out but yeah. it's like we know that they won't like yeah. they're not gonna get him for a really long time. I really love how they do get him though. Yeah, floppy disks to the rescue. <laughs> do what you can, man. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, in that scene when they were um, talking to the 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 young man, the oh, victim the, in the car, the, the survivor. Ooh. So I forgot about hard. that. So oh gut rid- And like Bill's so good in that. Like he just really knows what he's doing and he's so gentle. And also, shout out to that actor who literally got no screen time. Like, no, you don't, you don't barely see his, face, see his at all. face. Yeah, he does so good. And and like it's great to see Bill really knowing what he's doing and doing a good job and being considerate yeah. and helpful and, and like he's not out of his depth anymore. He's not you know, he he it's been years now, and like they, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's great. And they got to interview a survivor instead of a killer. Yeah, that's refreshing. Yeah, I, I also liked them trying to explain what they do to other people. They're like, so you know, you know, multiple murderers. Yeah, okay, because nobody knows the term serial killer yet. Yeah, they just they, made it up. They just made it up, so they have to say multiple murderers. Yeah, you know, mul- uh, uh, mul- yeah. It's Violent tough. crimes, m- multiple offenses. Because the term they use a lot is multiple murderers, but that means there's more than one, like, you know? Yeah. The semantics of 
multiple murder. Yeah, like you interview a lot of murderers. <laughs> like no, it's a, Pe- a few people number who of are murderers. Multiple who... murderers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, they're, they're like, oh yeah, some. Um, so what do we call it? <laughs> yeah, serial killer. Multiple they finally killers. found the word. Yeah. But they now they have to make it popular. I mean, it seems to be working. People are loving it. They're into it. They're excited about it. Yeah, it's like here's some funding. Here's a new office space. Still in the basement, but it's bigger. It's a big basement. <laughs> it's a big basement. We'll get you a bathroom. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have a proper recommendation? Um, maybe. Probably not. Do you want me to go first so you can think about it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> You just refuse to do homework. <laughs> I, I work all day. <laughs> uh, well, I do a lot of work. I had to make a campaign this week. It's true. You're working very hard. Well, hey, let's do let's do a. You, I think that we can. You can share my recommendation okay. because last night we saw a very cool Portland-based musical artist <laughs> called Quentel the Cryptid, and it was great. It was super duper great. I would have had more fun if I wasn't completely exhausted, and but it was fun. two drinks down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I spent too much money on those two drinks, so I was like yeah. grumpy about that. Yeah, but it was a fun night. Uh, yeah, we went out because my brother's band, uh, Don Bonsai, uh, who we have mentioned in the past, um, they were playing a small set at a local bar. Um, and it was so funny because their band used to be like six people and mm-hmm. now it's just two of them, like the lead singer and guitarist. And then my brother who does like synth and it's, it's a, honestly, it's a, I think a good. And hand trumpet. Hand trumpet. That was the funniest thing. I love my brother. Uh, yeah, it was super duper cute. Uh, great. Honestly, a good set. Um, they were a little underprepared, which yeah. is... I thought, a, I thought I liked all their songs. I loved they did it. did a good job, yeah. even though there were some technical issues. Yeah. That, no, it was, they, their music's great. And I, honestly, I think that they are they are maybe the better for paring down the lineup. Um, good show. Um, but they had originally been meant to headline that night at the establishment and they just were like super not ready ready to do it like they were you know meeting up rehearsing for hours you know every night and they were just trying to get it pulled together and they're like we just are not going to be able to do a full set and but they're they've met this very cool artist called quintel decrypted who also uses the the performance space that they've been using and they were like hey do you want our set like do you want we'll open for you do you want to take our slot and they're like yeah cool so this person was very neat very cool overly prepared yeah well but i wouldn't say it's overly at all i think it's the right amount it was performance art yes so they came out they had all these like so at least Monitors. four screens. Yeah, up on the stage. Two projectors. Yeah, looping just like weird video in, of just like mm-hmm. people in masks in the woods and digging a hole and just like weird yeah. creepy shit. Um, just lights everywhere, strobing mm-hmm. and projectors. Fake and, flowers on the piano. Yeah, just there a were, lot going on. Yeah, Halloween lights projected. Yeah, I just, it was really cool uh, Like to a see. big tapestry. Loved it. Loved it. Loved everything about it. And they had a mannequin at their, like, merch table. Yeah, and I, I thought that it was going to be a band, but it was just one artist. Um, and they, um, 
I don't want to assume their gender identity, uh, so I'm just gonna say they, uh, yeah, it was just them and, like, their computer and some, like, vocoder and keyboard and a guitar and just, like, crazy weird goth stuff, and I loved it. <laughs> I really did. Will and I ended up buying the CD, um, because we just thought it was very cool. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that set, and I'm sad that we were too wiped out to stick around for the whole thing Mm -hmm. um yeah actually i went and found them on uh, instagram and they the so their the person that was with them was like filming them and then they also had like a phone like a little camera phone set up Mm -hmm. filming them from a tripod and that one was a live feed to their instagram oh wow so after we got home i got on there and i was like live now and i found (laughs) it was like the very end of their set they were like thank you so much for was it hanging out? Was it still with the audio distortion though? No, it was okay. it was a normal. Voice. <laughs> it would have been funny. Uh, but yeah, so like I caught like the very end of the set right there on 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 Instagram. Um, but yeah, if you're into like weird spooky goth shit, like very fun. Quen- if you, if you want to like feel like you're living in 2006, it is. It was kind of <laughs> yeah. They were they were wearing a Salad Fingers T-shirt and like kind of scene kid hair yep. mm-hmm. and it was great i loved it um <laughs> i really did so quentel the cryptid q u e n t e l the cryptid um they're on all the i checked all on, the things spotify instagram uh twitter there you'll find them really neat i i i heartily recommend you can buy vhs tapes from them i think yes you can <laughs> i think it's the video that they were showing on yeah. the monitors but yeah, fun fun new thing to discover, and I like to support small local Random. artists. <laughs> like, Random chance. Yeah, and you know, just to you know, somebody somebody trying to make it, somebody local doing the thing, doing it. Yeah, that was a it was cool. It was very exciting to to see just not having expected that experience (laughs) to have that experience was very my favorite part was trying to guess what was going on because they kept adding things to the stage they took quite a while setting up like oh here's an amp here's another amp here's a screen here's two more screens here's a camera projector one projector two it was a vcr it's a a dress form with a mask on it and Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and like a big wooden board that was painted with like their cd cover yeah yeah it was cool yeah very good good showmanship Mm -hmm. good showmanship That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen so more nerds can find us. We appreciate it, and it really makes a difference. Check us out on Twitter at LitMeritPod for updates and news and to talk to us about Mindhunter. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time, remember, no no guilty guilty pleasures. pleasures.